Yes, sir. Welcome back to another Trapper Dive podcast episode, man. I'm your host, Molly Moe, Coach Moe, Hand Dog Moe, all that good stuff, man. The fellas are on the way, AJ and Dre. But right now, we got the good man, Neil btp bro that's 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 what that's what they go uh that's what you call by in, in the twitter streets bro nail nail btp man Linnell willingham back again man fella how you doing bro it's twitter is x what you what you what we calling it today i'm never changing I, it's always it's always twitter i, I don't always i don't twitter. care what it is it's going to forever be twitter <laughs> yes, sir, man. How, how you been man i'm good bro i'm good man i I've can't complain bro I'm not... yeah hey i i appreciate it bro speaking of which um hold on who, who's that checking it right now Rich, what's going on with you, player? Monty, I see what's going on. Uh, speaking of which, for those who are just checking in, Deron Payne film session coming out tomorrow morning. Um, we know about that second half opening drive, but that boy was whooping ass all game. So I can't wait to show that one. Um, but, yeah, definitely appreciate you, Linnell. Let me go ahead and get Dre in here. He just checked in. Where is that one? Boom, there we go. Dre, what's going on with you, player? How you feeling, bro? What's up, Dre? What's good, fellas? What's up, Neil? What's up with you, man? Cool, man. How are you? Shit, I'm good, man. I'm I'm be, I'm gonna be good as long as we win it. <laughs> That's how I feel, right? Look, I wake up hey, easier. Exactly. Hey, man. <laughs> feel good on Mondays, bro. You know what I'm saying? Everything, everything just smooth, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everything yeah. straight, bro. Uh, but look, though, as we get started, everybody that's checking in, man, let me hear your keys to the game uh, for this upcoming uh, Sunday, one o'clock against the Buffalo Bills. I want to hear everything that you got to say. What's going to be important for you on offense, uh, defense. I think special teams, we kind of know. Cheeseman, don't don't got down. Give me some good snaps, bro. That's it. But, um, like, let me know what you think and what, what needs to happen on Sunday uh, so we can get you all in the conversation for sure. Now, man, um, let me see. Where do I want to start with this one? I'll bring in the text message because you sent something that was very uh, thought-provoking yeah. in the sense of, like, um, it's, it's – what Washington hadn't had in some time, so I'll circle back to that. What, what what's been going on in these first two weeks that surprised you with Washington? If anything has surprised you, um, but but yeah, your overall thoughts with the mob these first two games. I'm I'm just impressed by the way Sam Howell is. Oh, by the way, Dre, come on, which come on. I'm, I'm about to say, yeah, what, what, you, what did you sip it on, man? Dad, if you would have told me it was that type of. <laughs> Hey, look, man. We, we, we it's always party. that type of party, now. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, man. Open invite, bro. Bring your drink to bring your yak to the. Are you, to the hold on, are you, time, are you shouting out who you who you sipping on? You you big. You can get the sponsorship going. You, you might as well shout them out. Hey, man. We are gonna see what's really? up with the Rem Dog, man. Remy, Rem Remy, Dog. You know what I'm saying, yeah, Remy. I was Remy, just listening Remy. to some Remy Ma. 
I need to go ahead and try and reach yeah. out, give her a little DM. You know what I'm saying? See what nah, she know my boy dirty, man. Pat Pat can't be done like that, man. Yeah, yeah, she it, man. she, she can do him dirty. You know what I'm saying? She can come on over here to uh, PG County, Maryland. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. She Greyhound away. <laughs> great nah, great for sure. Uh, but but you got the floor, big dog, man. But yeah, I'm I'm just I'm impressed overall by by Sam House, specifically what we saw against Denver. Obviously, week one against Arizona, you can't turn the football over. But the one thing that I I kept saying is he never blinked. You never saw him drop his head. He he takes some shots throughout the throughout the game, legal and and illegal. But for me, I really feel like he is the key to it all. But as I was talking about uh, today with Chris Russell, I, I feel like Eric Bieniemy is really his stamp and his impact is being felt right away. I know you've done a deep dive into the film breakdowns, the different route combinations that we're seeing him moving the launch point for Sam Howell on a consistent basis, just making him comfortable. And one thing that Sam actually talked about this week during his media availability was how more so than last year, I guess he's he's the backup last year, so you don't really care about what is what, what input he has. Talking about how you know Eric and Tavita constantly peppering him about what he likes to what he likes what he wants to be called what he's comfortable with, so I just think the overall operation you know surprised me because for them to go out and score thirty five points against Denver, and I understand it's no no uh, Frank Clark on the field you're you're missing one of the safeties but we all three know it this was one of the better defenses in football last year and you couldn't tell last week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. You you had mentioned where is that thing at? Um, let's bring it up. Oh well, shit! You said it. Matter of fact, bro, we we have a quarterback and it's a big deal, bro. Yeah, um, I really and, and I think I think that's important for everybody to kind of take into account when when you look at an offense that is and you kind of touched on it when you talk. Uh, but when you look at an offense that's uh, structured in the sense of like they're organized it, there isn't there's hardly any chaos like the first two weeks you haven't seen any chaos they had a home game and a road game right a hostile environment in denver and you don't see chaos in terms of like pre-snap like you don't see nothing like that like the organization and the structure is fine uh obviously that points a lot to uh eric Bieniemy as well but you got a young leader in sam how who is obviously in charge of setting everything up before you get to the uh, before you get to the line of scrimmage with your whole 11 um, I think that's that's very important to, to to say that we have a quarterback now. I I think it's a I think in the context of what he can do when when he drops back to pass is something where it's like you haven't seen a threat like that in Washington. Um and there were some throws that we all know that he made that was incredible from a from a sense of like the confidence to make the throw and then the rhythm to make that throw. Uh, when you when you're when you have both those in lockstep, it's going to be hard to defend to to defend against that, um, especially with somebody who has the arm to make it, like the, the velocity and the accuracy. Uh, so I, I do think for, from Sam Howe, it, it it starts there and it's going to keep going from there. Um, Dre, you asked this. Well, I, I guess we can kind of do we want to jump into the, the quotes now? Matter of fact, yeah, yes. Because um, with, with the, the thing with Sam Howell, right, uh, the quotes over the past couple of weeks, or excuse me, past couple of days, not past couple weeks, past couple of days between Ron Rivera and Sam Howell, right, uh, yeah. messaging, I, I want to get a Florida Dre, so, and, and I want to get your thoughts off the top, Dre, 
and we can dive into the conversation. But because uh, I, I definitely got some thoughts on this, and it's kind of weird how, how the conversation has been going on Twitter um, with the past 12 hours or so. But I want to give you the floor to kind of explain what happened with, with the two, Ron and Sam, and then obviously get your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, it's funny because it's actually something I had brought up on the show on Tuesday. I mean, as a fan, you know, going into the Buffalo game, I said this is the litmus test for the team, at least, you know, from a fan's uh, standpoint, because we, we kind of want to see where we measure up. Because, again, we were supposed to be much better than the Cardinals, right, than the Denver Broncos. Now, Denver Broncos wasn't a team that was seen when you looked at the schedule. You go, oh, that's an impossible win. It's just so it's more so a tough place to play in Denver. But you feel like you can match up with them. You feel like you could at least beat them. That's why I was saying, hey, I want to go to a no because I know what we have coming up. So Buffalo was the litmus test. All right, this is the team that if you go in, you play pretty well or you match up pretty well with them, you feel really good about your team after this. Now, Ron Rivera has said in the past, 2021, he said that going into the Buffalo game, it was early in the season in 2021, he said this is the measuring stick game. Now, that bit him in the ass because obviously how the game turned out and a lot of people were saying this is not how you do it. Ron has once again said that. I think Sam has also mentioned it as well, but Ron has mentioned that this has been a measuring stick game again. Now, some people have an issue that with that comment coming from the coach because they're like, hey, you know, as a coach, you're supposed to feel you, you can already play on this level with these type of teams. I personally don't have a problem with Ron kind of saying it's a measuring stick because I think it's a measuring stick as well. But I do know that, you know, Ron can take some heat from that if you go out there and you lay an egg again. So, you know, you, you're going to put a little bit more pressure on your team to come out and play this week. You know, I mean, the guys probably already feel it anyway. This is a big game coming up. I mean, you're 2-0. You know, you want to be, you know, taken more serious around the league, and this is the team to do so. But the question for me, you know, you know, or at least for other fans, yeah, I mean, it is a measuring stick game. And we, you know, but again, I don't blame Ron for coming out and saying that. I mean, Ron wants to see what his team can do. I mean, it doesn't mean he's less confident in his team, as some people may suggest. I've already seen some people kind of, you know, feeling some type of way about the comment. But, I mean, I have no issue with it per se. I mean, I just know it puts a little bit more pressure on you. I mean, but the truth is, it is a litmus test. Rio with that, Linnell. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I've seen, like, the, the back and forth discussion. And the one thing that people have an issue with is kind of, Dre, what you touched on, just the coach speak, Ron talking up Buffalo. I think it's a sign of respect. We know the relationship that these two organizations have uh, with the J.D. McKissick situation uh, last offseason. So I think Ron's just treading lightly in terms of not trying to be too boisterous about it. But I think internally, knowing the impact that that enemy has had and the confidence and the swagger that I feel like they're playing with, it's bulletin board material. They probably see that everyone's – I've looked on FL.com today. Seven of their nine analysts have picked Buffalo. Two of them haven't picked anything yet. I think they're 100% cognizant of what this game means. But I like that they're not coming out and puffing their chest out. What what, what the hell have you done to earn that? You started off 2-0. and That's great. Prove it and talk on the field. That's my whole thing. I'm in this space, bro. Um, so based on how y'all talking, well, first of all, I'm, is, I'm not drastically different. Like, I got a little nuanced uh, positioning. But, um, bro, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, I think that for as long as Ron has been here, right, we've heard when it comes to certain opponents, this is a measuring stick, primarily the Bills. Um, he's done it twice with them. But I think, honestly, um, when I have – when I hear – first off, let me kind of go a whole macro, whole picture type of deal. 
in the four years that Ron's been here, it's the best roster that he's had. Um, obviously, he's worked to this point to get here, so that we have to take that into account. Um, but I think we know, and I think he knows this is the best roster that he's had since he's been here. Obviously, you took some hits in certain places. Offensive line is a question mark uh, until we have a bigger picture. Uh, but so far, uh, still average, like above average, like they're not terrible, but they're not elite either. Um, and then you look at your linebackers, same thing. You're trying to figure out what's going on with Cody at this point. Jamie Davis has been cooking. Got worried, you ain't got to worry about him right now. But but to that to that whole point, and, and technically speaking, question mark is still existing that quarterback. Um, although I do believe we're starting yes. to get a bigger picture. Um, but point being, this is the best roster that he's had in some time now. And or actually since he's been here. And I think for 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 Ron to set the tone, um, excuse me, for Ron. He has the opportunity to set the tone moving forward in terms of his confidence level in his team, right? Um, people think I said personally, I said I think that they need to start changing their tone in the media when it comes to certain teams, right? Um, when it comes to like a Buffalo Bills or when it comes to a who do we have at, at when we face the New York Jets, if, if Aaron Rodgers was still on the table, like when it comes to a New York Jets team, when it comes to a Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers that they play later in the season. Like, I think when it comes to tone, that's how important these things are is understanding that you're not sitting here saying, or I'm not sitting here suggesting that you go out there and say, we're better than them. Uh, we can beat, we can beat them. We're going to whoop them. Um, I, it's not, it's nothing about the opponent. It's about exuding confidence to your team. You can do that privately, but also when you go to the, to the media, when they ask you about an opponent that people consider, Super Bowl contenders. I believe in my team just as much as y'all believe that that this team can make it to the Super Bowl. Like I'm that confident in my team. And and I think for in 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 a way to communicate that. Now, side note, I don't think this is a big deal. It's just my preference. I think when you recognize the the roster that you have, when you recognize the players that you have and the job that you did in terms of bringing the enemy on here, like when you know what you have, speak confidently in what you have and let people know that I'm not sitting here talking no shit. I just believe in these people that I put on, on my team, on my staff to get the job done on a weekly basis. And I think when you have an opportunity to tell people about your matchup against Buffalo or even Philly moving forward or the teams that I mentioned, San Fran, New York, if they had Aaron Rodgers, all those things, like it's an opportunity to say like all along, I know that we can be a, a very good team and I know that we are good and I can't wait for people to see that. Uh, you, that doesn't mean puff your chest out and say we the shit. It just means tell people that that I know we some dogs, and I know that we're gonna we're gonna show y'all week in and week out that we some dogs. I don't need to hear about you being a measuring like have this being a measuring stick because what happens if you lose? Like, does the measuring stick say, yeah, we only lost by seven? So, I can, but it's all. It's I, all I think context. I think I'm I think I'm I think I'm cool. I'm thinking. A seven point loss, man. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? We we ain't get blown out, or if we lost by three. We we could have had this. So I, I think I think we passed the litmus test. Like we don't have to worry about no measure state. It's not a test, bro. Go out there and get the dub. Simple as that. Go out there and get the dub. Don't think that you have to sit here and see how your team measures up against these guys, bro. Just go out there and get the fucking dub, bro. Well, see, losing causes you to backtrack, which is what he had to do last time. Exactly. So that's <laughs> stand, like he's but stand this way. Stand tall, stand tall on what you're saying, bro. You you can be you can be confident until it's like an L, bro. Put it this way: somebody mentioned somebody tried to compare boxers to the situation. I, I had tweeted this out. 
but somebody tried to compare a boxer situation to this. Like, think about it. If you're a, even if you're a boxer, bro, you're a world class boxer, and you take one loss, like, and you're and when you're when you're leading up to the fight, you're confident in like your abilities. That's part of your promotion to sell the fight and and even talk shit to your opponent. But even if you're a humble dude, you're still you're confident in your abilities. You're not gonna talk shit about the other dude. You don't have to do that. But even if you lose, you come back and you fight again, bro. Because why? You one loss is not gonna take away the reputation that you have. And if you lose the Buffalo early on, bro, in week three, there's 14 games left for you to still prove that you meant what you said before the Buffalo game. I just shit, think that personally, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You got week four, and that's what, and that's and that's where, that's where I'm getting at. All I'm saying is it has nothing to do with talking your shit. Don't pop your shit. You don't have to talk shit to the opponent. You don't have to talk shit to anybody else. Talk shit about your team. Talk shit like, hey man, we some dogs, bro. Believe that. And and in the NFL, you're gonna lose games, but if the world, if the, the national attention comes out and, and you see a, a dog ass fight and you lose 27 24, that's not a measuring stick comment. That's a hey, I showed y'all we some dogs. We lost this one, but wait till next week. Like, that's all I'm saying, bro. Just 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 do just just speak, change your tune and how you approach the media, bro. That's all I'm saying, bro. That's all that's where my head is at. But are you surprised? What I'm not surprised. He, no. He's shown no ability to understand. This is not Carolina. This is not Charlotte. Right. This is the nation's capital. This team means so much outside of this area. Somebody said Linnell must be tired from all that yelling he did on the radio. Man, you see it right now. It's crazy though. But yeah, like honestly though, I, I don't take offense to it. Like I'm not thrown, but like I'm surprised that it's gotten as much traction and as much burn that it has as it has on social media. That's just how you know we're in a good yeah. spot as an organization. We don't got other shit to talk about. So we're talking about this. But, like, look, internally, y'all have to just understand. I just keep going back to Eric Bieniemy. There's just certain shit that I think isn't flying no more because he's in charge. And I'm not saying he's the head coach, but y'all know it. There's a trickle-down effect as to what he brings to the organization. And I say the organization because it's not just the offense. Y'all were out there at camp. Y'all saw the way, the, the difference in tempo. It's all trickles down to me. And I think, look at the way EB came out in – you can call it what you want. Gave Matt Milano his flowers. I just think they're, they're, there's a message internally that they're not, they're not going to overlook anybody. They're not going to look up at anybody for that matter. For that matter, But I do agree with that. It is a litmus test. Like, look at what Buffalo has done in the regular season over the past three years. This is a 10, 11, 12-win team perennially. They were on the brinks of making it to the AFC Championship game a year ago. So, like, I get what they're doing. They're trying to avoid, like you said, Dre, the letdown effect, because we've seen that in years past where they talk themselves up before a game and then they come out and fall flat on their face, especially considering the way the slow start to this team has got off to the last two weeks. We might think they shit don't stink, but internally, I think I think they're doing a really good job being even killed with this because they're 2-0. There's, a, there's plenty of reason to be all excited and get up in arms. I'm guilty of it at times depending on what time of the day you catch me at. But it just it just is what it is at this point. I'm just so ready to put all the talking shit behind because I've been saying it all offseason, Ma, and Drake. Buffalo is probably the most overrated franchise, not even just in the NFL. Oh, yeah. In pro sports. Is, yeah. In pro sports, not just the NFL. I'm saying pro sports. <laughs> like, let's call it what it is. Josh Allen, to me, I've never seen a quarterback cost his team as many games as he has and then still be anointed and talked about like he's some top five guy. Why is Josh Allen the top five quarterback? How can you be top five, 
You've led the National Football League in turnovers since 2018, yet you're top five. The last time I saw you, before the regular season started, the Bengals put the belt to your ass, but you're top five. But the game before that, you barely beat Skylar Thompson, third-string quarterback for Miami in a wild-card game. The belt almost got put to your ass then. We saw what the Jets <laughs> did to them. They lost to Zach Wilson. I don't respect the Jets. And see, if I was the head coach, I'd probably come out and, and start popping my shit and say different shit. But it is what it is. They probably feel internally just as confident as maybe I feel about them, but they're not puffing their chest out about it and being so boisterous with it. They got and it. I, and I was going to say, too, I feel like he likes to do this litmus testing because if you look at the Bills, it's kind of what Ron, I think he envisions the model for what we can be as a right. franchise. I mean, you look Sean McDermott, you know, he worked with Sean McDermott for years up in Carolina. And then on top of that, now, last time we played the Bills, Leslie Frazier was the defensive coordinator. Right. Now, Sean McDermott is taking over those duties. So he's kind of looking at that now. All right, I'm in year four with Washington now. You know, Sean, uh, Sean McDermott's been there for some years. He's built Buffalo into what it is. Now, this is year four. I need to start seeing this is where my franchise is at least trending to. You know, I think that's what he looks at. I, I mean, I think it does have a lot to do with the fact that him and Sean McDermott worked on that staff for a lot of years. So he looks at them and say, hey, you know, if we are competing with them and, you know, we're giving them hell, then maybe I know, you know, I'm confident about where we're going as a franchise. Fellas, um, Anil, man, I know you got a few more minutes, so let's go ahead and uh, tap into Buffalo as well. Um what is it going to take to get them to three and zero? What is what is your main the main things at the top of your head, Linnell, in terms of, of of Washington getting this done? What do they have to do? Uh, we'll start there, and, and and Dre, you got the floor next. I said it already. Like you can't get down twenty one to three to Buffalo. You're not going to have a chance to come back in the football game, Josh Allen. While I just kind of disrespected him, and the same in the same sentence, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's too good of a quarterback to get down twenty one to three to him and think you're going to be able to come back. Um. The slow starts for me has really been like the number one thing in terms of what I'm concerned about in terms of Washington. Keys-wise against Buffalo, I think stylistically, I've been saying all week, stylistically, they are the New York Jets, right? And if you look over the past two seasons of success that that Jets defense has had against Josh Allen, I think they should have every bit of confidence coming in. It's going to be on the interior of both sides of the line of scrimmage. I think John Allen and Deron Payne have to dominate their matchup. And then that interior three, Sadiq Charles, Sam Cosby, Nick Gates, it's a hell of a trio they're going up against. Big Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver single-handedly tried to game yeah. right last week. Yeah. So that matchup is going to be critical. Um, I think on the edge, I'm curious to see Chase Young versus Deion Dawkins because I remember last, uh, what was it, 2021 when we played Buffalo, Deion Dawkins locked up Chase Young, and that was part of the discussion following the game. So. How both sides of the line of scrimmage handle themselves, I think, will determine ultimately the outcome of the game. But then turnovers, too. Thought the offense did a really nice job last week protecting the football. And then the one thing that I still am kind of trying to figure out with this offense is, like, what is our identity? Because I'm one of those guys that, like, I want them to be under center and run the football. But I'm seeing some of the benefits of them running out of shotgun and marrying up the running game and the play-action attack. So, I think in terms of keys, interior of the offensive line, interior of your defensive line, got to play stout. You can't turn the football over. And then I think they've got to establish themselves on the ground because, yeah, it's no Von Miller in this game, but Ebenenza is a problem on the edge. Greg Rousseau is a problem on the edge. Leonard Floyd is sneaky. Leonard, yep. So they got some guys that can get after the passer. 
and we know how skilled they are in the secondary. Team speed on defense is something that Buffalo, like, really prides themselves on. So I think if you could use their aggressiveness to their to, to your advantage, i.e. the screen game, i.e. misdirection stuff, working off play action, I think you'll have a shot. To the lot, I know. But. <laughs> Before you go, Dre, uh, weather-wise, I know there was a lot of talk about the rain. Yes. Um, now, for those who are gamblers and may not be aware or people who just want to check the weather of some games, maybe even for fantasy, uh, Roto Grinders, type Google Roto, Roto Grinders weather report. Um, so you can probably have a direct link, but Roto Grinders is a really good job every single week. They produce weather reports. Um, every single game, yeah, every single NFL game, yeah, every single NFL game, every single week. Um, and according to the guy who runs their weather forecast, um, he says it's likely the bulk of rain is clear by kickoff, though it's close enough that we'll need to see the radar before kickoff to be sure. I'd expect a dry or mostly dry game, but wind sustained around 10 to 15, maybe 20 miles an hour. I'm sure that has to do with that tropical storm that's supposed to be coming around over the weekend. So uh, weather-wise, that's what we're looking like heading into uh, the weekend. Trey, you got the floor. Yeah, I mean, that's something to monitor, but um, I was looking at the weather as well because we live in this area. So I think it might mostly, most of it might come on Saturday. Hopefully a lot of it's clear. And that's because one of my keys in this game, and you know, Maul, as much as we've talked about it, I wanted to get the running game going a lot more earlier in the season, but I I think this is a game you can start to really attack Buffalo secondary. Now, Buffalo has talent in the secondary, but they've actually been kind of struggling this uh, early on in the season so far. So you may be able to get some big plays there. I mean, we haven't really uh, attacked the big play a lot um, so far the first two games. But as we've been kind of talking about, I think that's what Eric Bieniemy is kind of is setting this offense up for. A lot of the stuff, like a lot of the passing attempts, like they've been passing early in downs to kind of, you know, substitute for the uh, running game in a sense. And they want to get that going. But I think at some point you're going to start to see stuff open up downfield. And this might be the game you can get Buffalo if the weather is clear and it's not too much rain. That may be one of the keys start to attack that. I would definitely watch out for Milano. He's the best player on the Bills defense, in my opinion. I mean, that guy's a beast, man. Like, I mean, you have to watch out for the middle of the field. I'm not sure how effective the tight ends are going to be. On the opposite end of the ball, the key to the game, I think you can make Josh Allen make mistakes. I mean, that guy, he he's known to do it, as Linnell said. I mean, he can give away games. I mean, he he gave away the Jets game by himself alone. You know, I mean, he you know, those turnovers were just boneheaded. And that's what he can do in games. He's as talented as Josh Allen is. He can make mistakes, and this is the type of defense, and this is what we want to see out of this defense, is this defense starting to make plays and creating turnovers. And this is the game. We've dropped a lot of picks in the first two games. We've, we've talked about that a lot. So this may be the game we can start catching some of those. And Josh Allen, I do think he's going to give you opportunities. Um, I think the defensive line, the interior, should really – have their way with the interior of the Buffalo line. I do think the strength is on the outside, especially Dawkins uh, at the left tackle. But we still have enough, you know, you got Chase and Montez. They should still be able to win battles against a guy like Deion Dawkins. I mean, I do think he's a good player, don't get me wrong. But he's probably the best on the, on the line so far that they have. But the John Allen and Deron Payne, I think this is the game where they eat inside because I don't think Buffalo is that strong on the interior. Linnell, before I uh continue, I know time wise, I want to make sure you're good. So if, if you got if you got a dip, if you got a dip, we can go ahead, uh make sure people know you good. Or... Yeah, we good. We can keep rolling for a little bit. Okay. Just 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 let me know. Let me know what's up. Um, all right. So PC said, and everybody, I guess since we're taking this little 
small break make sure you hit that like button make sure that subscribe button if you are listening on apple podcast or spotify rating and review is definitely appreciated follow if you haven't done so uh pc mentioned and everybody in the chat that's here live um make sure if you want to man get your keys what is going to be important for you for for sunday to get for washington to get a dub let me know let us know uh so we get you in pc mentioned one of his keys to the game is our secondary has to catch the ball when Allen throws it to us we have dropped several ints already and Allen will throw it to us at least four to five times pc is actually interesting bro because i had a conversation with um one of my friends at the gym before i got on the podcast and one of the things that he he's a cowboys fan so one of the things he was talking about was how he thought his secondary was going to be straight with with the absence of trayvon diggs who um has now out he's now out for the season because of a torn acl that he suffered at practice um and my thing is pc to your point i said now you got your boy bland who i actually respect i think he's solid but like the type of picks that trayvon gets versus the type of picks that that bland get is one thing Secondly, y'all don't have no ball hook to the nature of of Trayvon. So you got to understand the type of player that he is. And you mentioned that the secondary has to catch the ball. I think that's that's obvious, right? Like you got you got to have some some playmakers in the secondary, but you also got to recognize who's back there. It's only two people that you can really say out loud. <laughs> Even if you got faith in other people, it's only two people that you can say out loud that really can can handle their business when the ball comes their way. And that's Kendall Fuller. And that's Emmanuel Forbes. Emmanuel Forbes would go make a play. And you saw that against Denver. Like, he saw it. He wanted to go get it. He has receiver skills, mind you, at that. And Kendall Fuller is just a person who has good hands as a cornerback. So I think when you take about when you talk about what the secondary has to do, I agree with you 110%. But I also know as the weeks move on, you have Derek Forbes dropping picks, <laughs> Cam Curl dropping picks, um uh Percy Butler dropping picks. They may just got they may just not have it. Like she folks done dropped a couple too though. And we still I still think yeah. he's the man when it comes to playmaking. <laughs> yeah, well, we can trust him because we didn't we didn't yeah. seen it a thousand times. But like these are people when you look at them, you're like, Oh, they just got DB hands, bro. That's it. So I'm not saying you wrong, PC. You 100 percent right, but I also am starting to temper my expectations. They'll have some opportunities, but you like it gotta be like a it gotta be a lob or something for them to catch a pick, bro. Um, I think, bro, one of my keys, um, Linnell mentioned it, like the trenches is, is just, is, is very important for this game and it's always going to be important for Washington. Uh, but, but I also think that, uh, when we look at, uh, underrated factor on the offense, like, I don't think that we need to be wasting time getting Brian Robinson involved in the offense. Uh, and I, I, I respect a pass first scheme and I'll say it for the next few weeks, as I said it. Tuesday, Dre, and, and even after the game, we're we're walking into a whole new type of offense and a whole new type of scheme. Like we're not really used to a pass first scheme. So it's gonna look different. Um, and we're gonna have some people who are old school are gonna have issues with like, what's up with all this goddamn passing? Like run the damn ball. Like that's gonna happen. But I think ultimately though, with with the enemy and, and even with this offensive line, like I wouldn't even like understand that Brian Robinson is a he's a he's a he's an asset. He's a, a very big asset for your offense. And he's showing over the past couple of weeks and even in preseason. And Linnell, you've been at practices, uh, uh training camp practices way more than either Dre or myself. Like he's been showing 
what he can do in the past game. I'm not sitting here saying he can run wheel routes or angle routes to perfection or run a goddamn route from the slot. But for a running back who's asked to do certain routes as a running back, um, he can do that, but he can, he can also catch the ball. So I think all of those things, when you take into account exactly what um, Brian Robinson can do for your offense, is, is just as important to get him involved early and often to help out Sam Howell, to help out your offensive line. That's that's one of my major keys offensively. Um, and then my major key defensively is going to revolve around uh, getting pressure on Josh Allen. Um, I, I think one of the things that that was impressive when Chase Young came back is like his motor, um, how how active he was in terms of his snap count. Um, and even the fact that he was um, he was he was showing that he was able to get to the quarterback in, in a couple different ways. But I also think that from a, a pass rush unit, um, they were top in sack rate and even pressure rate. But I need I need to make sure that we don't repeat the same mistakes that we that we seen in 2021 with this defensive line. Like sure, Josh Allen is going to find a way to get out of the pocket, but can we make it three times out of ten instead of seven times out of ten? Like, can we can we lower that percentage with with Josh Allen? Um, and, 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 and that's kind of where I'm like, Chase, that's where Chase Young comes into an effect. Like, can we make sure that Chase Young is communicating as Ron indicated that Chase Young is communicating with his defensive line, his defensive tackle, who's next to him, that I feel like I can win on this cover me, or I can get to the quarterback here, cover me, or just generally I have to stay outside and contain. So I'm going to do my part and we're going to make sure that we get the dub up front as a unit. And we all look good as a unit. Like those are the things where it's like, that's what I'm worried about. All trench game, man. Get Brian Robinson involved and make sure that these guys up front are, are very disciplined against a guy like Josh Allen who can make you pay when he gets outside the pocket. And, and Mark, can I just comment real quick on that? This is also we've talked about the litmus test. This is also a litmus test to see how far players have grown in as far as maturity within the defensive scheme. Because I mean, remember in 2021, the big talk of that season was a lot of guys weren't playing their schemes, they weren't playing their assignments, and they just and Ron had talked all off season in 2021 about players being immature and not disciplined on defense. You know, so now this you're two years later. Now this is the test because Josh Allen, he's still the same quarterback. Are you going to play your assignments? Are you going to be ready? Are you, and, and this is and this is a good litmus test to see maturity wise. Like I said, we hadn't talked about that. We just only talked about as far as where they are at on a playing level or on a skill level. But in this case, it's also to see the development in which the coaches. This is this is the time where you can say, "Hey, Jack Del Rio, they're really buying into him." Now this is different, you know, because twenty twenty one like. Early in the season, I, I forget whether it was the second or third game that they played Buffalo in. I just know it was really early. But either yeah, way, like week three. yeah, it started to slide. You you saw the slide and you saw the defense just wasn't ready to be what they were in 2020. So now, you know, going forward, I'm glad we are playing Buffalo early and I'm glad we are starting 2-0 against them because now not only is this a litmus test for the players, this is also a litmus test for the coaches as well. Yeah, I agree. I think we saw we saw it last week too, though. That was the one gripe I had with with some of Chase's rushes last week. Just getting too far upfield. I think Russell Wilson is just past his athletic prime to where it's not going to hurt you. But if you do that against Josh Allen, as y'all alluded to, he he's going to find ways. And the phrase that they always use is rushing with discipline, right, and maintaining mm-hmm. gap integrity when rushing him. 
Because what the, the the second you got two guys in one gap, Josh Allen's going to find it, and now he's off to the races. So I, I think if they could rush in unison and not try to do their own individual thing, they should do a really – they should have an easy job of keeping him in the pocket. I keep going back to stylistically how similar their front four and their entire defense is to the Jets. That is why the Jets have been able to be Josh Allen's bugaboo, so to speak, over the last two years. They do a really nice job keeping him in the pocket. Um, I, I even think at times maybe I would j- spy Josh Allen with Jameis just to make sure he doesn't beat you because I definitely gotta do that. that. That's really what you got to worry about in terms of him escaping the pocket. The other thing that I'm kind of worried about is the increased use of Dalton Kincaid and the tight ends being more prevalent in the offense. I think it's a really big test for a guy like Cam Curl because I'm sure he draws that assignment. I'm sure they're not going to put Cody Barton sorry ass on him. So yeah, Cam <laughs> Curl is probably going to have to do you know, cover Dalton Kincaid the most. I know Dawson Knox scored a touchdown last week. So they're versatile offensively. The one thing that concerns me from last week, though, we can't give up the big play. That's something that escaped this group in 2021. Like, that was their issue. Third down to give it up big plays. Last year, we saw it at the beginning of the season, giving up big plays. And it wasn't necessarily guys being out of position. It was guys just not making good plays on the football, like the Philadelphia game. But I think everything that we've talked about, this is – I don't want to overstate how big the game is, but I think it's going no, to – No, it's a give, sellout, bro. It's a it's sellout. A sellout. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much I feel like I'm going to be able to take away X's and O's wise after seeing them Sunday because while we're all confident and happy about the 2-0 and start, we could all agree and admit that it wasn't really against a team that you feel like could compete with you. All uh, facts, bro. Um, that's why I was like, don't. Don't it's it's significant, bro. Play it up like you get a sellout crowd and back to back weeks, and now um, back to back home weeks. Uh, that you have, a I want to see what crowd. type of sellout it is, too. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna have if it's to majority play. us. I mean, because even I expect because Buffalo they travel well, but if it's still majority us, oh, that's a good damn feeling, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, so that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know if I've said it to y'all, but I, I've said it on the air, I think it's ridiculous. And, of course, everybody tries to tell me I'm crazy and D.C. is such a, a city where people travel to and things like that. There is no reason. I've been working at the fan for, like, going on three years now. There's no reason that every Sunday Bill's Mafia takes over the bullpen. The bullpen right outside of Nats Park. Bill's Mafia takes over bullpen every Sunday. You don't think that's for ridiculous? Real? Yes. Oh, nobody ridiculous. knows. That's what I'm saying. Everybody I tell, they look at me like I got three eyes. Every Sunday they take over they take over the bullpen. And and people are complaining about ticket prices and, and things like that. Go to the bullpen, it's free. That's what the option should be. I know there's other commanders, bars in Navy Yard and all that, but I'm like, this is DC, baby. Yeah. I can't have an opposing team come in and take over one of my prime tailgate destinations. That's ridiculous. But, but see, but Lynette, what we've missed over the last few years in not being much of a relevant franchise is we've missed the casual fans. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of casual fans in this area, and they were here, you know, when we were winning, and they want to see winning. I mean, it happens even with the Wizards basketball team. You know, the casual fans, they're going to come out to the Wizards if they're winning. But if they're not winning, you know, they're going to go back to the old eight Poland days, but they're only going to go watch the Wizards when they're playing superstars. You know, so right. that's we, we have to kind of – and it's going to take some time. I mean, this is all still new with Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Harris taking over this team. Like, we have to get this franchise back slowly, and it's going to take a little bit of time, but 
this is this is the type of stuff people want to see. Like, I mean, fans came out to the Cardinals game week one. I mean, and that was just the oh, by Josh, uh, by by Dan Snyder thing. That's what a lot of that was. But I was actually surprised to see that it was a sold out thing for Buffalo, and because we didn't even in the years that we've been bad or where it hasn't been a lot of fan interest. There, there weren't many sellouts, you know, for this right. franchise. And even in, mm-hmm. in, and when you went to the games, even in, even though it wasn't sold out, you still see more of the opposing fan base. So you have to think that some people are coming back now. You know, some people are coming right. back to watch us. So hopefully, you know, we are. You know, I don't know if we're going to outnumber Bills fans, so to speak, or even when it comes to being loud in the stadium. But I do hope that it feels like some kind of home field advantage this week going into it. It better, or else everybody is full of shit. Talking all that's facts, bro. What more you're asking for from the franchise? But that's facts. facts. I, I agree. I do gotta, I do gotta slide out. Appreciate hey, on hey, but but get your get your plug, get your plug and yes. game prediction because we close out anyway. Let people know where they can find you, bro. Uh, what's your what's your game prediction and, and MVP? Game prediction. Oh God, I'm gonna do it. I got my dog in here right now, so he's monitoring everything I say and writing this shit down. I think. The weather's gonna have an impact on it. I think it's a lower scoring game than people people think. I think Washington will be able to hold their own defensively. I think it's gonna come down to who wins the turnover battle and then penalties. Washington can't afford to be put in these third and long situations. I think they'll be able to do that with the running game because you saw Brees Hall dice up that Bills defense on the ground. I'm gonna go Washington. I'm gonna go Washington 27, mm. 27-23 Washington. I think we're three and zero. We're the talk of the NFL next week. Here it is, man. Uh, 2723 Washington. You can find Linnell Willingham on 1067 and fan throughout the week and throughout the weekend, man. He's there on game days as well. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at nail underscore BTP. I think it's Instagram as well, too. So all social uh, platform, man. Nail all social platform. There you go, bro. Hey man, be safe, bro. Um, uh, I'm gonna tap in, I'm gonna tap in with you around the game time, man. See how you feeling, but stay safe, bro. I'm gonna let you, bro. Got to, man. Stay safe with this weather. All right, bro. There go Linnell and Dre, man. Let's go ahead and get up out of here with our predictions. Hey, chat predictions, man. Where y'all at? What's y'all? What's y'all score predictions? Who wins? And who is y'all's MVP? Uh, Dre, I'll go first with this one. Um. So as I said on Tuesday, Best case scenario for Washington has always been three and one over their four their their first four games for me. And I personally think that we have a better chance of beating Philly more than we have a better more than we have a better chance of beating Buffalo. Right. I'll say that out the gate. And with that being said, um I don't say that it's impossible to beat Buffalo, especially at home. But I I don't know just yet if they're ready for a Josh Allen that is like two or three times better than Russell Wilson right now. I think people understand that Josh Allen is a turnover machine, right? I think that people understand that 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 gives defenses and, and offense or teams in general a chance, right? But I also think that people don't understand just yet. Like Buffalo has those r- random and disappointing early season losses, maybe even in week one, and then they turn up like immediately after that. 
And I think it's going to be a good, again, litmus test to see like how we can withstand Buffalo's like traditional early season surge, right? To remind people that, hey, we that. We're going we're gonna to see y'all not, we're going to see y'all in the AFC title game. Like, that's their thought. Like, that's what they, that's what they look like in a regular season. Like, we're going to see y'all in the AFC title game type deal. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and say that Washington loses this game. Uh, my prediction is 27-21. I'm going to say that my MVP for the game is probably going to come on the offensive side for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and I'm going to say uh, Stephon Diggs has himself a day. No, I'm sorry. Rewind. Dalton Kincaid. That's a guy I wanted to touch on in the episode. I think that the way that they can utilize him, uh, because he's a versatile tight end, you can put him in a slot. You can put him as an isolated receiver. You can put him in line. Put him behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I think that Dawson Kincaid will probably have himself a really good day against the, the Washington Commanders. That's gonna be my MVP, Dawson Kincaid. But yeah, 27 21 Buffalo, Dawson Kincaid MVP. So, so Ma, you got us barely covering and you got a breakout game for Dalton Kincaid. Uh, breakout is strong, but I guess if that's my MVP, sure, yeah, yeah yes, correct. He MVP, he breaking yeah. out, yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. I mean, that's, you're not wrong because I, I I liked him a lot coming out of college. And, I mean, he's looked okay so far in the first couple of games. Buffalo hasn't got him involved. But this could be the game where they start to say, hey, this is why he was our first-round pick. But I'm actually kind of leaning into the direction that Linnell was leaning in. Um, I think – and I'm, I actually disagree with you more. I mean, well, I feel differently than you do regarding these next two games. I actually feel like the Eagles game, they have – I, I, I think the Buffalo game, if they're going to win either of the two, this is the game they probably have a better chance of winning against because I'm just factoring in with the Eagles um, that they're probably still – they still remember the game last year that we had against them Man, in Philly. That, that, means, <laughs> hey, that don't mean they can beat us. Hell with it. You're right. You're right <laughs> about that. But they might be a little extra mad. But I do feel like, you know, you're at home against Buffalo – and Ron is putting a lot into this, man. I mean, he's already said this is the test again. And he, I think he probably knows that he said this before. And he knows he knows what Buffalo is. He remembers the game. So maybe he wants to – he's going to give his team a little bit of an extra edge. Um, again, I'm with you in the fact that, you know, you still have to watch out for Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen is a hell of a player. I mean, I'm higher on him than a lot of people are. I know a lot Despite of what Linnell says, he's still a top-ten quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's like, like, undoubtedly. I mean, that's a top-ten quarterback right there. Top to five honest, in my book. Mo, I was, I was going to say – I, he's he's top five in my book. Like, I, I don't question it. I do think Josh Allen's a top five quarterback. I mean, he has Buffalo in the conversation every year. I mean, well, with that said, Josh Allen is a guy that can give and he can take away from his team. And, you know, if this is the defense that we are expected to be a really good defense this year, you know, now you might not go out there and shut a guy like Josh Allen down. But you can go out there and make plays against Josh Allen. And I expect this defense to make a couple of game impact and plays um, this week. 
Um, especially in the secondary, I do expect expect a couple of guys, you know, to make some plays this week, not just Emmanuel Forbes, but even the guys that we mentioned, the safeties. Like maybe Derek Forrest gets a pick this week. Maybe Camp Curl makes a big play this week. But that's where I expect something to happen in this defense this week. I know it may be a little – we may be dealing with weather a little bit this week. But, I mean, offensively, man, I think that, you know, they can make enough plays this week on offense. And I'm going with the commanders. It's hard for me to pick um, Buffalo under 20 points this week. So I'm going with a score close to Linnell's score, and I think Washington wins 27-24. 27-24, Washington. Uh, Magic says 21-17, Washington. Armani. No, I'm sorry. Let me go to. Let me go to Linnell first. What he, he said, 27, what do you say? 27, 23, Washington. Um, Armani and myself are on Buffalo's side. 27, 20 for Armani, 27, 21 for myself. Um, and there we go. Hey, man. We all know while we're here, we're all hoping Washington wins. So it is what it is. We're going to see what they're talking about come Sunday. Um, but, Dre, that's going to wrap it up for us, bro um everybody appreciate everybody who tapped in to this point everybody who watched uh from start to finish we definitely appreciate it as well again like subscribe if you haven't done so follow rate review if you haven't done so we definitely appreciate that the fellas will be back immediately after the buffalo and commanders game hit triple zeros deron Payne film session coming out tomorrow morning so stay tuned for that one as well uh, that's gonna be a good one against the denver broncos hopefully if he can continue what he did against denver against buffalo we're gonna be in good shape so Dre man, you be safe, bro. Uh we're gonna lock in this weekend. Uh and and, and yeah, I think I think that's gonna wrap it up for us, bro. Be safe, big dog. Hey. Yes, sir. Catch y'all Sunday, man. Sunday post game, man. We out here. Peace. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off. You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trapper Dive.